You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And we are on location at Missionary Flights International in Fort Pierce. We're celebrating 60 years of ministry. It started February 14th, 1964. And although it started with just one man, uh, Don Belden, and one small engine airplane, it's now grown to over 600 missions in Bahamas, Haiti, Dominican Republic, and uh, so much more. We're going to talk about that now with President Emeritus Dick Snook. Dick, thank you so much for being here. Well, good morning. Thanks for coming up and uh, visiting with us today. Mm-hmm. There is a connection here between this ministry and Moody. I mean, Moody Aviation has always oh, yes. been kind of a part of this ministry, hasn't oh, yes. it? Yes, we've had several Moody pilots over the years. Uh, back in the earlier days of Moody, they uh, trained their pilots at Elizabethan, Tennessee. And so uh, I would go up there for a mission conference. They'd have a mission conference just for the students to help them uh, decide where they might end up in mission aviation. So we'd go. And then they closed that and moved to Spokane. So I've never been out to Spokane. But, yes, we've had several Moody pilots. Occasionally they send uh, maintenance personnel here that are in training to get a little more hands-on experience with us. Yeah. Well, you know, aviation is such a, obviously, a unique career path. It's exciting, I'm sure. What got you started in just fl- wanting to fly, and how did that all begin for you? Well, of course, I, I was raised on a farm in Iowa, just a farm kid, and uh, I was going to get drafted after uh, the I got out of high school. I joined the Air Force and requested uh, aircraft maintenance, and lo and behold, they gave it to me. And so I was trained as an aircraft mechanic. I was first stationed in Georgia and then uh, uh, Kansas. I worked on four-engine prop planes. Of course, back in that era, they were all radial engines, round engines, uh, the ones I worked on. And then eventually out of Kansas, I got stationed to – or I got signed to uh, Vietnam. So I went, when I went to Vietnam, they signed me to the C-47s, which is a DC-3, same airplane, just the military calls them C-47s. I had We had 16 in our group. I had six of them as a crew chief uh, over all them, and I had individual crew chiefs on individual airplanes, so I was in charge of the crew. So that got me going. When I got back to California the last year in the Air Force, Vandenberg Air Force Base, uh, they had a flight school on the base. Uh, and top-notch, full-time instructors, VA and FA-approved school. Uh, and so in, on my own time, evenings and weekends, I uh, got through my commercial pilot certificate before I left. Moved back to Iowa, joined my family in a business that we had, and I continued to use my VA benefits to get all my ratings up through a DC-3 type rating. And then uh, the Lord began to work on us and realized that our church supported missionary flights in Iowa. In fact, when I was a teenager, Don Belden came to our church to share about Youth for Christ before he was with missionary, I mean, before he founded missionary flights. Uh, So... uh, you, know, you kind of see how God worked. Even then, I knew about it, but who knew that I was going to be a pilot or eventually the, the president of Missionary Flights. I had no idea. I had the privilege of working with Don for about five, six years before he retired and I took over in the early 90s. And then in 2015, I handed the baton to Joe Carabench. Mm-hmm. Well, you were instrumental in having where we're sitting right now, this uh, facility. You were in West Palm for That's years right. yes. and then uh, just, what, 18 years ago, you moved into this facility, yes. right? Yes, what happened there, when, when my wife and I moved to uh, from Iowa to West Palm Beach, uh, we were there 20 years with the ministry. Uh, our office was on Congress Avenue in a, two, in a uh, two-car garage. It had been modified a house and made some office space, uh, but that's what it was. Our section was the garage. Uh, we, the airplanes were a mile away at the airport, and uh, we uh, the mechanics and everyone was out there, of course. And I'd go back and forth and visit and do whatever I need to do. Uh, and then in 2000. 
four or five, the airport decided we shouldn't be there anymore. They wanted to use our space where our planes were parked. We had no facilities there, no hangars, uh, nothing. We had a little T-hangar, which like for a single-engine airplane. That's where we kept the missionaries' mail and odds and ends that we need to protect. We had some shop trucks with me- the mechanics. And so we were there, and they began to look around. My wife and I began to drive, realizing we were going to have to leave Palm Beach and uh, up and down the coast. Uh, we didn't want to go south. There's so much air traffic and car traffic. So we moved up towards uh, Fort Pierce. This airport was selected because of the facility, and also they had, we're an international. We've, all of our flights are international, so we had to have customs immigration. At that time, Stewart didn't have anything, so the next one north was, of course, Fort Pierce. Mm-hmm. And so we come up here. Uh, the deal we made on this hangar was amazing how we were able to get it. Uh, we, we've always kind of operated on a shoestring, but God kept, has all the other end of the string, you know, and that keeps <laughs> us going. And so oh. we moved here in 2006. All of our families came up and found housing, sold our houses there, moved up here. And since then, we've added another hangar, and we've added uh, another turbine DC-3, and a third one's coming to us in a couple months. It's being built up for us up in Ohio. So that's kind of a thumbnail sketch. Well, I can't imagine just the stories you would have. And unfortunately, just not enough time for you to share all of God, what God has done uh-huh. in your tenure here and his faithfulness. But I know the earthquake in Haiti in 2010 was a oh, yes. pivotal time for anybody who was doing ministry in Haiti. And you guys obviously very instrumental. Can you just... Take us back to that time. Yeah. How did your focus, did it shift a little bit, or did you guys just do what you were doing? Tell us about that time in Missionary Well, place. it shifted. We, we did what we were doing. However, it just exploded. We went from three or four flights a week, which is typical, maybe up to five once in a while. If we got Bahama trips and weekends or something for our kids, youth groups. Uh, I was at home, and I saw the ticker go across the TV that Port-au-Prince had an earthquake, a 7.0. And knowing the construction of the buildings there, they're concrete block, but they're not as sturdy as they should be maybe. And uh, so I began to try to find out the extent of it. And it wasn't long. The missionaries started calling in, and we realized the devastation. And so we started started in. We're here to help. And the, the supply just exploded coming in here. They actually, along the roadway here leading in, they put up a electronic 12-foot square sign on both directions of the road, and they designated this as official drop-off point for South Florida. Mm. And when they did that, the semis rolled in. This hangar that's 28,000 square feet uh, was completely full of supplies, high as my head. And uh, we were I was afraid that we wouldn't have the funds to move them. Uh, we went from four or five flights a week to seven flights a day. Uh, we wanted to move. We, we vetted our passengers that called in. We didn't want more people down there than just spectators. So we vetted that, that they make sure they were medical teams. And they came from Miami and West Palm Beach and they, Palm Beach Gardens. They came from Orlando, all over the place. And there would be 15 maybe people. Joe Hendricks and uh, Gibbs Racing, Joe Gibbs and uh, Rick Hendrick, uh, volunteered to come down with our passenger airplanes and fly all of our medical people. And so they had three airplanes that would carry 30 people apiece. We used the uh, DC-3s, and I chartered a C-130 seven or eight times to move the cargo. And in that six weeks, eight weeks period, we moved uh, about 2 million pounds, over 2 million pounds. Uh, it took in $2 million to do it. People just started sending in money uh, to cover it all, and uh, we just constantly moved. Mm-hmm. And so the airplane, this air hangar and the airplanes were here 24-7. We never shut the hangar down, maybe a couple, three hours at night, but there's always somebody here. Volunteers came in. We have 100 volunteers in here. 
the local churches came in to feed all the volunteers. So at lunch, they'd bring in lunch. In the evening at 5 o'clock, they'd bring in the supper meal. And uh, it was amazing. Just about wore us all out. But it, uh, <laughs> it was a real – if we hadn't had this hangar, we could not have done what, right. we, what we did. The hangar was a real blessing. Well, West Palm, you were saying all the maintenance work and everything was out. There was no yeah, shade. You no were shade. outside. No, no. So you're going to talk to Larry, and Larry was our chief of maintenance, and they worked outside. But, you know, looking back, I never had anybody complain that, you know, they were there to serve the Lord. If that means loading an airplane at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it's 100-plus degrees inside that cabin. They did it, and away we went. And so it, uh, it's uh, been remarkable to see how God's worked here. This hangar, we eventually bought another hangar beside this one, a 14,000 square foot. And then, of course, we have uh, the, the third DC-3 coming. We have a hospitality park across the street where we can house missionaries and work teams, uh, camping, uh, uh, RV park. We have a dormitory setting. We can handle up to 28 people, 14 men and 14 women, separate facilities uh, for the work teams that we fly in. So it's really become a, quite a complex up here. And you really serve ministries. That's yes. that's what it is. I mean, um, they know that they can rely on you sure. for service, right? Yes. We are the lifeline for them. I mean, yeah. that sounds, uh, you know, maybe a little trite or a little over-exaggerated, but, but it's not. We are the lifeline. All the missionaries in Haiti use our address for all the cargo, mail. Everything comes to here. Uh, so we don't know what's going to come in that door. They may have... Used to be in the early days, missionaries had trouble getting stuff because the communication was so poor. Telephone lines didn't work very good. We had a purchase order they'd fill out on one flight. We try to fill it for the next flight, and so a lot of that kind of thing. Nowadays, they have Wi-Fi. They go on Amazon just like you and I do, and they order stuff. And so the trucks line up at the door out here and unload. Uh, every person, including children, is on our database. So when the cargo comes in, it may be a little package for little Joey's birthday from Grandma. It's got little Joey's name on there. We know what mission he works with and where he gets his mail. His family gets his mail and cargo. We land in three or four airports. Uh, it's checked in, put a label on it, and the next flight it's on its way, and they go to the airport and pick up their supplies. And Just a full-blown service. Medical things, too. We have a Cessna 310. It's the only airplane we have that's not a DC-3. Uh, the tail number on that one is 911 missionary flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so emergencies, <laughs> uh, I've flown people out with appendicitis, broken hips, uh, you name it, uh, we can we can put a gurney in the airplane, and uh, we don't do medevac if they are very ser- real serious. But we do people who have needs an IV on or oxygen on something like that. And the doctor says yes, he'll be okay to fly in your airplane. And then we get them to where they need to go once we get them here. Mm. Well, as we look back, you know, an anniversary is a great opportunity to kind of look back and see sure. what God has done. And obviously, you've served here for decades as well. Mm-hmm. And it's been what sounds like an exciting adventure. And I'm just wondering about the person who may be listening to us, who maybe God is calling them to do something, maybe something similar, maybe something completely different, but yet the calling is the same into that gospel ministry. What would you say as you look back uh, to maybe someone coming up behind you about saying yes to what God has for them? I think the first thing is, is to be active wherever you are. You know, sometimes people sit in a church and say, well, I'd like to be a missionary, but they don't do anything for the church. Mm-hmm. And I think God expects us to work wherever he plants us. And if that's in a church, to help with youth or singing or whatever you can do there. And then God begins to move. You know, like Stoffman had said, it's hard to drive a parked car. And so if you can move and you can do things and you're willing to serve, uh, the Lord knows that and knows your heart. That's where it starts. And then uh, just make yourself available. And I had no idea I'd be doing what I was going to be doing 
I thought I'd be on the farm in Iowa all of my life. I had a farm of my own. Uh, I, had, uh, I told people when God called us, uh, we had a 40-acre farm, which is not big in Iowa, but down here it sounds like a lot of land. But, uh, and we had a new house we'd build on the farm. We had four children and a good church and living the American dream. We had a good business, uh, and the uh, Lord called us. And so away we went. We sold the farm. Uh, we sold the house. We did keep the kids. And, uh, we hung on to them. <laughs> good idea. <laughs> and, uh, they all graduated from uh, Palm Beach County. Uh, uh, my son graduated from what was then Palm Beach Junior College. And our daughter from Kings and our twin daughters from Berean. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they were all gone. We've got 15 grandkids now and three greats and one on the way. So that's wow. a blessing. So just be willing to serve. And uh, God directs us and talents us in different areas. He gave me the ability to fly and to learn aviation and all the technology that goes with it and uh, be able to use it for him. It's been a wonderful trip. We'd do it again if we were a little younger. <laughs> you said uh, be willing to serve if you're a pilot listening, yes. you could use, you can use help, right? Yes, we can. We really need captains. We've got, uh, we've got a couple more co-pilots coming uh, and also aircraft mechanics. Sometimes they think, well, just pilots. No, we need mechanics. It's, you know, uh, air, pilots can't fly the airplane if they're not operating properly. So it takes mechanics to, on the ground to keep that airplane in the air. So if someone is, uh, has an A&P mechanic, even if you don't have an A&P mechanic license, there are places um, Liberty, for instance, some other schools that have a one-year program. It's amazing. Now, obviously, you don't come out with all the knowledge that you need maybe to be a successful mechanic, but you got the basics. you got the rules and regulations. You know what the FAA expects out of you. And then come place like this, work under our people, and within a, a short time, you're, you know, you're on top of things, and you can handle the, the procedures and, and so forth, and pilots as well. Biggest thing is our captains, our defined captains. The airlines are after pilots as well. Uh, there's a shortage of pilots, and sometimes the, the glamour of uh, big dollars and nice shiny airplanes uh, is attractive. But that's where the call comes. If yeah. God's called you here, you better come because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's where you'll be happy. Well, Missionary Flights International, yes, looking for volunteers and looking for those who will also answer the call here in the next few decades, but also looking back at what God has done over the last 60. That's what we're doing today here yeah. on Mornings with Eric and Bridget. Dick, thank you for your time this mm-hmm. morning. We appreciate sure. you um, really your heart for ministry and your heart for uh, serving. We, sure. uh, we appreciate you uh, hearing also, that Also, I might mention, my wife and I now travel and represent FMFI. So if any churches yeah. in the area uh, would like us to come, especially in the, in the wintertime where we have enough sense to come back to Florida where it's warm. <laughs> in the summer, we're up the north and all the up into Maine, different places with a motorhome. But if any pastor or somebody's listening like to come, we'd be glad to show up and uh, share with your Sunday school class or your church minister or whatever. And then you can learn more about MFI, and then you can actually come up here. We're only an hour away from Palm Beach, so it's not like we're way off north someplace. So come and visit us. All right, and that contact information is at our website, ericandbridget.org.